Hi, everyone. This is Cheryl Burns, guest host for the Grazer's Grapevine podcast. And recently, I sat down with Anne Bazor-Starbird, author of The Dairy Goat Handbook, to talk about lambing and kidding. And you've been a guest on the Grazer's Grapevine before. But if you don't mind, for those that maybe haven't heard that episode, um, or people that are new to the podcast, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, and thank you, Cheryl, for inviting me on the podcast today. It's always fun to um, be involved with the, the Grazers group. So I uh, have lots of experience with farming. I'm growing up on a dairy cow farm and then farming on my own as an adult. And I um, ended up starting a dairy goat operation where I milked about 75, 80 goats and made goat cheese. So I did that for 20 years. So plenty of experience with animals giving birth. Yes, it sounds like it. Well, and, you know, and we're talking, it's late February. And of course, grazers are, are, and anyone that owns sheep and goats are getting ready for kidding and lambing season. So, um, so I'm hoping that one of the things we could talk about is what do you do to get, to get ready prior to when the show kicks off, so to speak. <laughs> so good question. Um, I'm always about being prepared. So I'm kind of one of those organized, prepared per people or pretend to be some days. <laughs> but um, when it comes to birthing season, I'm always making sure that I'm prepared in advance. I find that being uh, prepared helps to minimize the stress to both the animals and yourself and uh, minimizes problems with the animal's birthing. So one of the big things I do about a month prior to birthing season is I um, check my supplies and order things that I I need. I, I keep both a, a birthing supply box and a kidding, kid feeding supply box. And so I just double check uh, my supplies in those boxes and order, go buy whatever I need um, to complete those those um, boxes. That way, when you're needing lubricant or something, it's right there handy. You don't have to go looking for it or um, say you just don't have it. Because whenever you need a, a tool or a, an item for an animal giving birth, you want to just be able to put your fingers on it and use it. That's the best way of operating a birthing situation. And I can um, go over some of the things in these boxes. You'd like Please. me to try to go through some of that stuff? Yeah. Um, the the birthing supplies, like I said, I keep a checklist in my box. And so I can just make sure that I'm I'm not using up something the last year and then forgetting to put it back in. So I do keep a, an actual list in my box that I go through. But things you want, like some clean, large towels, because you're always wiping off babies. I do the... Um, some lubricant, some OB lubricant, uh, long sleeve gloves. I like keeping like the AI artificial insemination gloves, a box of those in my, my, uh, birthing kit. Um, regular gloves, like the nitrile smaller gloves, sure. if you need to handle something a little more, um, with a little more dexterity. I use, um, iodine for dipping navels. So I use a 7% iodine, um, for the dipping of the navels and some type of a cup to put the iodine in. Clean, sharp scissors and just, you know, get yourself some nice sharp scissors and leave them in that box to use only for that purpose. 
uh, flashlight, thermometers. Um, I give my animals blackstrap molasses after they give birth, so I generally get myself a couple bottles of the blackstrap molasses. Propylene glycol, which is a good thing if you have a problem with um, a pregnancy toxemia situation. Um, Nutridrench or some kind of a, a little bit of vitamin mineral energy supplement. Okay. And then um, I use the livestock paint sticks to mark animals. Whenever my animal, like I have 70 animals giving birth and they could be two or three or four at a time. And I, I will make a, a um, pattern on a particular goat because when you got that many giving births, you know, now you got 10 kids running around. And sometimes when you need to figure out who belongs to who, I'll, I'll dot the mother on the shoulder and the kids on the shoulder. So I know, but I keep a livestock on those oil sticks um, in my box too. And then you want to keep the phone numbers for your veterinarian or um, a, a, a mentor um, in case you're having a problem. You need to be able to call your vet. Um, that's one really important thing that I like to stress to people is don't wait until your animals are giving birth to say, oh, what veterinarian do I call? Like, right. Make sure you have a vet that you work with that comes to your farm, knows you and your animals. So if you're running into a situation and you need to call a vet and have their number – I say have their number on the phone, but you know, you, you have your phone with you these days. So just make sure your vet's number is in your phone right. or in your box or somewhere. And then, um, I did write a book called the dairy goat handbook, which, um, I have a nice chart in that book, um, for how to correct birthing positions. If you have an abnormal birth coming, we'll talk about that later on in the podcast, but mm -hmm. I do, um, keep a copy of that chart in my kidding um my birthing box so if i'm having a problem with an animal you can reference that chart those are some of the supplies that i keep in in my box and everybody is going to make their own supplies so just you know add things to a list cross things off that you find you don't use um i i do sometimes keep um like an old vest or leggings if you have a kid that needs to have a little extra warmth i'll take like wool leggings and when they you know cut them up and make them like the length for a kid as a little yeah. tube sock or whatever on them. So those are some of the things for my birthing kit. And then I also um, create a kit for kid feeding or lamb feeding supplies, bottles and nipples. Um, I always freeze colostrum from the previous, a previous uh, year. And I just make sure that I have my, um, I call them my colostrum cubes. I just put colostrum into a, an ice cube tray and freeze those. But I, I make sure That's that I idea. have the colostrum cubes available. Um, with goats, there's um, the CAE, which is Cape Brine Arthritis Encephalitis, um, which is a virus that can be spread through the milk. And if you're running um, your herd CAE-free, then you need to have all the, the items available for doing the CAE prevention at the birthing. And for people who are doing that, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I do – there is uh, – but if that's something that – again, it's called caprine arthritis encephalitis, and it's a virus that's shed in the milk. Um, also, in my kid feeding supply box, I have a weak kid drenching syringe and a catheter. And then if you're going to be – if you're needing to feed animals – I wait until I have this situation because I feed my animals my goat milk. But uh, milk replacer, if you know you're going to feed the animals um, supplemental milk, you need to make sure you have your milk replacer available. 
and um, different things like that. And again, towels. Towels are always good. Yeah. Get your friends and family and neighbors <laughs> if they have towels that they don't really want to use in their bathrooms anymore. You know, volunteer to take them because they're in- invaluable during kidney season. Yeah, having the kit together, I think, is a really great idea and maybe has you more receptive to signs you may be seeing. What Speaking of, what signs tip you off that kidding is about to happen? So most often the a few weeks before the the goats are ready to give birth, um, goats or sheep, that you're going to start seeing the udders of the animals fill. So that usually happens, you know, maybe it depends on the animals. Some animals wait until, you know, two days before they give birth <laughs> for their udder to start to fill. Other animals, it can be, you know, seven days, 10 days, whatever. It's very much animal, you know, sure. <laughs> genetic diversity. Right. <laughs> so, but we, uh, that's one of the first clues of this animal is going to be looking at giving labor soon when you start milk, start seeing that their udders are starting to fill out. Okay. If you know when the animals are bred, then you can like, you know, look on your chart and get ready. You know, usually it's 150 day gestation for sheep and goats. So you have an idea that this is coming up. Um, if you just put a, a male in ram or buck and you're not, you just know the range of things. <laughs> These are sort of some of the ideas that you're going to start seeing um, that udder filling with milk. And you do notice too, and I think um, more with goats and um, a, a sheep that has a lot of wool in, but you'll see the fetuses drop. Like you can see like the body taking a bit of a different form. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that with the sheep, if it still has a lot of wool in it, it's a little bit of a different story, yeah. but um, with the with the goats, you can generally see that happening as the fetuses um, start getting um, the animal begins dropping to get into to the birthing position of the fetuses. And then another thing too is you have the pelvic ligaments that lie on either side of the spine, and they'll start to soften. Um, it's just everything's kind of relaxing back in the, the dilation for the birth canal and things like that. But you'll see those pelvic ligaments on either side of the spine just become like jelly. So, so it's something that you can see. It's not something where you have to put hands on the animal. Um, both things. I mean, okay. I, again, sheep are different because you can't see those as much right. as the, the, the hair, um, goats and things but you can feel that or you can actually see it as well it come you get a little bit of a concaveness to that um the spinal tailhead area when those ligaments soften um but definitely you can definitely feel it as well okay um and when you see those things starting to happen um you really want to make sure that your your kidding area is ready you want it to be draft free dry and well bedded um, I do like using um, straw and wood shavings for a bedding area. Um, I would avoid fine sawdust because the finer sawdust will stick to birthing membranes and um, become like an eye irritant for the little kids. And it's yeah. just kind of, so I like using straw and right. like more of a shavings kind of thing for a birthing medium, but just make sure you you don't have any drafts. Um, if you have an area that's a little drafty, you can stack some hay bales around just to like break that, that draft area, but you don't, you want to make sure you have a, it can be cold. It's not so much about the temperature. It just needs to be dry and kind of draft free. 
And then like I said, you see your goats are starting to, others will fill up with milk. Um, and when it gets even closer time, you're going to see the doe will start spending time away. And we talk about like the nesting instincts. You definitely yeah. see those in the animals. And we kind of have this common joke of where <laughs> um, when it gets closer to kidding, she's going to go lay against a wall um, or a door. You're right. So you can't, you know, access <laughs> the areas that you need to access. So well, yeah, that's, she wants to have her privacy. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do like to make people aware too this is um a hard time towards the very end of the pregnancy is when you might start seeing some pregnancy toxemia or ketosis where the animal's energy level is drained from the fetuses and it's it's I'm not going to go into the story of what what it is right now but um it is an energy deficient state that if it's not corrected it can the animal can die so you need to be um kind of learn about pregnancy toxemia. Uh, and one of the preventions of this is um, if animals that tend to be on the heavier side tend to have pregnancy toxemia. They just can't utilize um, their energy as well. And the fetuses take up a lot of body space. So if the animals have fat also, then they don't, don't, um, can't eat as much as they need to eat. So you want to make sure your, your animals are in good tone and in good shape at breeding season, because you're not going to be able to have them get in better tone during their pregnancy. So that's one thing that's happened in five months before now. But um, anyway, here near, near the end of, um, the pregnancy going into actual birthing, you do need to be aware of this pregnancy toxemia issue. And um, as they get closer to birth, you're going to see, um, again, the animal going off by itself. Uh, the vulva will swell. You'll see um, a translucent kind of thick mucus plug that's being released through the vulva. And these are kind of the points that you know, your birthing is, is at least in the next, it could be another day, but generally it's within about, you know, eight or 12 hours when you start seeing that big mucus plug. So if you're paying attention, it really shouldn't be a huge surprise. It shouldn't be a huge surprise, (laughs) but all animals do this differently. So you could have an animal that fills her udder with milk presents the mucus plug and gives the birth, you know, within a day. Right. So, yes. <laughs> and and we, we all have heard the stories of the people that thought, oh, it'll be at least a day or so. And so they go and do something off farm thinking they're going to have plenty of time and then come home. And of course, there's, you know, a new kid or sheep. Or yeah, which is always a fun there, surprise. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so those things, yeah, best laid those plans. things do happen. Exactly. Yeah, best laid exactly. Plans, right? Definitely best laid plans. That's a good way of saying it. <laughs> The one thing that I, I, I got into or learned how to look at animals' eyes. And I find that, um, if you watch their eyes, like their body's going through all kinds of changes as the birthing hormones and endorphins and stuff kind of flood their systems, Mm -hmm. being ready for getting ready for labor. And their eyes kind of shift focus and kind of zone out. And if it's, it's really remarkable. And that, that's a key indicator for me. Every, every person has their own thing that they get accustomed to looking for with sure. their animals. Um, but 
uh, that's what I do. The eyes are, are kind of my key for paying attention to see um, what's going on with that. Well, and that's a good tip, especially as we're just kind of coming into the season. So somebody that might be new or maybe has only been doing this a couple of years, if they haven't experienced that, they can look for it this year. So yes. That's good. So yes. That's a good thing to, to bring up. So thinking of this as a, you know, the birthing season, you're, you're prepped, you're starting to see the signs and then it's go time. Can you walk us through what would be a normal birthing process? Okay. Normal. <laughs> Even as I said that out loud, I was like, oh, that, that dreaded word. But yeah. Um, so there, there is a, a normal process. Um, the one thinking about pens again, when you see that your goat is about ready to give birth, if you've had her in a pen by yourself, one thing you really want to make sure is you don't have any buckets of water, um, in with the goat. When she gets close to laboring, because they could be standing up and dropping the kid into the bucket of water. So if you've had water buckets in with an animal Ugh. in the pen, which they need to drink their water, right. make sure as you as she's approaching labor that you you pull that that bucket out. Um, so when the normal course of action, you see the doe um, generally lying down. And her breathing becomes a bit quick and shallow. You think Lamaze, right? For anybody who's gone through that, um, same thing applies here. Um, and then you'll actually start seeing um, frequent contractions. Um, you know, you can tell the animal is having having muscular contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, a a thin walled kind of fluid filled sac will appear first, and this sac just kind of helps to open up the birth canal. Uh, usual break generally inside the dough, sometimes as soon as it comes out of the vulva area with a, a gush of fluid, and that's her water breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the dough may get up and drink this fluid, and generally kids will appear within an hour of that breaking of the water. And that's one thing you want to note a little bit, because um, they really, kids should be being born within an hour of that. Okay. And uh, if you're not seeing kids, then that may be an in- indication that there's another issue going on. But um, so after that sac, then you're going to see a second sac, which is uh, thicker walled. And this is um, basically the, the kid with the, the amniotic fluids. So you're looking at, you know, basically the placentas starting to be presented. Um, generally, kids are born, I call it prone float position. So they have um, the two front feet are first with the head position between the front legs. So that's like I said, kind of a prone float. That's the normal presentation for um, lambs. Like a dive. Like a diving. Exactly. Exactly. The diving out. Mm -hmm. Correct. So um, they can come Rear legs first, and we'll talk about that later on. Sure. But the the normal presentation is the front feet diving. Um, as the the front feet will kind of open up the birth canal, and then you will um, having like the rounded shoulders coming after that with the head. So once the the head kind of crowns through the vulva, um, then the shoulders and the hips. And the trailing rear legs will come next with a few pushes. The doe will normally just kind of keep on going. If it's a, a larger animal or a first um, birthing uh, sheep or doe, 
then it's going to take a little bit more time for her body to process all of these things. But you just, I don't like to jump right in and help. If they're coming normally, then let the doe do her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't make a lot of noise. Try to keep it, like, you don't want to have a lot of people around or, you know, if your children are there, make sure they stay calm because you don't need the doe to get excited. You got to think of her having like a quiet space um, and allowing the natural actions of the birthing process occur. And if she gets startled, then she's going to stop that. So you just make sure that you kind of have a nice quiet space going on for her. And um, after the 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 head, then the shoulders, the the hips, you do need sometimes the hips will get hung up. Um, in the birthing canal. And if you see that that's happening, you could grab the front legs and kind of gently aid in the contractions. You know, you want to pull, if you're going to aid, you want to work with the contractions and at the angle that the dough um, is the, the fetus is being presented. Um, and then, so that's sort of how they're born. Um, once the kids are coming out, then you want to clear the nose and the mouth of mucus. That's where your towels come in handy. Sure. And um, I, if if you're allowing the the kid or the lamb to stay with the mother, then that's when you want to um, just bring it over to the mother. And you can um, rub the rib area to stimulate the lungs. If they've gotten some amniotic fluid in while they are coming out, you can hang the kid upside down or gently kind of swing them just that centrifugal force um, or gravity brings some of that fluid out. But I find just rubbing the area with a um, briskness and then you could take a little piece of hay and stick into the nostrils. That makes the kids sneeze, kind of tickle their nose a little bit. Uh, So those are kind of some of the things that, that you can do to get the kids to kind of in a, in a normal birthing situation. You don't really have to do all that much. Sure. So aside from wiping off the kids, is there anything special that you do once they're born? The one thing that I'd like to do is um, after the kid is, when the kid's being born, the umbilical cord usually tears naturally with delivery. Um, but I like to dip those navels in iodine. So I, that's one thing I always have ready too as an animal's giving birth is I take my, my 7% iodine and put it into my dipping cup and I'll dip that, that freshly torn navel, um, with some iodine. It just helps prevent any, um, organism, pathologic organisms from going up that very open, um, navel. So um, umbilical cord. So that's always a good thing to do. And I do like to warn people because it's happened to me. If you spill iodine on your own skin, make sure you go wash it immediately because you'll get like an iodine burn. And that's that has happened to me where I was more concerned about the kid and everything else. Um, obviously, you got to do what you got to do for the animal. But make sure if you do spill iodine on your skin that you go wash it as soon as possible. So after you, you dip the navel and... You've presented, bring the kid up to the, the mom, um, the doe or the, the, um, you and let them like lick the, the newborn. If that's what you're doing, if you're practicing CAE prevention, then you take the kid away as soon as the kid's born and do your own, um, caring for the newborn. And generally depending on the doe and what's going on, um, 
she'll take a little bit of a break and then proceed with labor. Most sheep and goats have twins or triplets. So they'll, um, usually take a little bit of a break, you know, and then, and then usually if it's a new mom, it might take a little bit longer for her to go back into labor. If it's an experienced, um, female, she may go right into labor as soon as that one's born. Um, we have that video that, that um you're gonna put mm-hmm. on the YouTube yeah. channel. And that one, that doe, um, she was about probably that was probably her second or third birthing. Um and she kind of went into labor with her second kid minutes after presenting with the first kid. So okay. it really just depends on the animal and who wants to come out, you know, the fetuses and everything else. So um but yeah, usually they'll go right back into labor. Be patient. I do um Generally, again, hopefully go through the same process with the prone float of being presented the next kid and then um, the umbilical cord breaking, blah, blah, blah. And generally complete birthing of the twins or triplets should take 20 minutes to an hour. Again, lots of lots of questions in there depending on the circumstances yeah, right. of the animal. Just be patient. You know, don't don't rush. If you have something else to do, like cancel your plans because it's not about you at that point in time it's yeah. about the animal care um and then i like to bring the the dough or the the um you a bucket of warm water with black strap molasses added um the, the usual formula i do is i take a gallon of water to two to four tablespoons of molasses and just kind of swirl it around and they generally really like that little treat just a little sweet treat the black strap molasses has some extra minerals and things like that in it for them um and it's just a really good thing for the the newly birthed mom to be drinking. Um, they should expel the placentas um, shortly. It, it, that's the whole thing. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer depending on how their delivery went with the expulsion of the placentas. Um, some does will want to drink the fluids from the placentas. Um, it's really personal preference or what you feel is the best thing for your animals with sure. getting rid of the placentas okay. after they're expelled. And that's the general... Um, that's the general process. Um, it's easy to talk about. It can be hair-raising when you haven't experienced it much. So I do suggest if you're a new-timer with animals um, that you kind of educate yourself. Again, my book has a good chapter on birthing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also make sure you have a, a, a mentor, whether it's you know an experienced farmer or um, have your veterinarian maybe work with you a little bit and talk you through things um, just so that you can kind of try to keep a calm head and um, just kind of enjoy that birthing process. It's really you know a miracle of, of birthing. Yeah. So make sure you enjoy um, the beauty of all of that too, not to get too sentimental about it, but it really right. is, I mean, you know, it's, it's an amazing process for the animals. And just uh, make sure you don't get so hung up on all the other particulars that you don't get to enjoy the beauty of it, too. Right, right. Anne and I will continue our conversation in the next episode of The Grazer's Grapevine. A link to the next episode, as well as a link to Anne's book, The Dairy Goat Handbook, and a link to a video in which Anne details how to prepare for and provide support for goats during the birthing process, is available in the Grazer's Grapevine episode notes on the paglc.org website.